Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate your uh, watching today, especially if you may be watching for the very first time today. Now today on Know Your Bible, we're going to be discussing a topic that we have uh, talked about earlier. Respect for authority. One of the greatest needs of our world is to respect the authority that is over us today. But what, what are those areas of authority? We want to talk about some of those things today, and I hope that you'll stay tuned for the next few minutes. Today on Know Your Bible, or Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course, and, and, and I want you to know that it is free. Uh, we, we have people who think they have to pay for this course. No, there's no charge for the course. It is absolutely free, and we want you to have it. We have thousands of people all over the United States and in various foreign countries who are enrolled in World Bible School. We'd like for you to be a part of it as well. We want you to get to know the Bible better. I don't know of anything that's needed more today in our world that to help bring some civility to our world, some, some saneness to our world, than to get back to basic things. And one of the most basic things we can get back to is the Word of God, the Bible. And so that you might know more uh, about the, Bi uh, the Bible course itself, that you might know how that you can receive the free course, we'd like to pause for just one moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from Matthew, the 8th chapter. And I'd like to begin this reading in verse number 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I, I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. In a previous lesson, we were talking about having a greater respect for authority. And we talked about respecting the authority of God, and we should. 
We should respect the authority of the one who is over all, the one who created all. We should respect the one in whom we live and move and have our very being. But, but yet another area where respect ought to be found is in the area of Jesus Christ. We should respect his authority. In Matthew 28 and 18, Jesus said, All power hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. So, by being given power, Jesus meant authority. All authority had been delegated to Jesus Christ. God has all authority and he delegated authority. He delegated all authority to Jesus Christ concerning things that are in heaven and concerning things that are on earth. There was an occasion in Matthew, the 21st chapter, and in verse 23 where Jesus was asked the question, By whose authority dost thou these things? And Jesus responded by saying, Well, I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. Now, that's fair, isn't it? He said John's baptism. But was John's baptism from heaven or from men? So these people who were critics of Jesus had a quick business meeting. And I can just see them with their heads together and talking in hushed tones. And you know, if we say that, that John's baptism was from heaven, well then, then we fear what the people are going to say because, you see, they had rejected it. And then if we say that, that, that John's baptism is from men, well, then the people are going to be upset with that. And so they came back to Jesus and answering the question about John's baptism, was it from heaven or men? Did it have divine origin or did it have human origin? Was there divine authority behind it or human authority behind it? They just said, we don't know. We just can't tell you. And so Jesus then said, well... I'm not going to tell you where I got my authority then. But, but the question remains, by, by whose authority dost thou these things? And the things that we do are either authorized by heaven or by men. That They all either have the authorization of God's word or they have human origin. Friends, Jesus Christ has authority, and we need to respect his authority. When he taught the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 and 29, it said they, they, they marveled at Jesus because he spake as one having authority. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ does have authority. In the story about the centurion, and in Matthew the 8th chapter, Jesus' authority was respected. This man understood about Authority. He said, I, I, am a, I am a centurion and I have soldiers that are under me. I have authority over these men. And if I tell a man to do something, he'll go and do it. If I tell a man what to do, that man will do it because I have authority over that man. So I understand about authority. And I know that you can do something to help my sick servant. And just speak a word only and, and, and something's going to happen. You've got the authority to do that. This man knew something about respecting 
Jesus' authority. You know, if there's a person that was ever prone to have some questions about Jesus' authority, it seemed to have been the Apostle Peter. I, I want to call your attention to an incident in the life of Peter, and it's over in the 10th chapter of Acts. And the occasion is when Peter uh, was being called to go to the household of the man that's by the name of Cornelius. And if you remember the story, in Acts the 10th chapter, uh, Peter was hesitant because the Jews did not have any dealings with people that were, were non-Jews. Cornelius was a Gentile, you see. And so it took a miracle. It took something dramatic to get Peter to go. Well, you say, what was it that happened? Well, uh, the Lord let down a sheet from heaven. If you'll notice in uh, uh, verse 9 and following, and Peter's up on the housetop, and, and he went up there to pray, and, and there was the sheet let down from heaven, and there was a vessel that, that contained... Uh, uh, that was let down with four corners and there was a, a certain vessel that was descending upon him and there were all manner of four-footed beasts and wild beasts and creeping things that were in that, that four-cornered uh, sheet that was let down. And there was a voice that came to Peter and said, Now, Peter, you, you kill and eat. You, you eat of these wild beasts and four-footed things and the and the like, the creeping things. And Peter said, oh, no. No, Lord. Not so, Lord. Because, you see, Lord, I've never eaten anything that was common or unclean. And the voice again said, what God has cleansed, don't, don't you call that common? When, when God cleanses something, you don't call that unclean. And that was done three times. And it says, and while, now while Peter doubted in himself, what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. But while he was in all this doubt of confusion, well, then men were knocking on the door wanting Peter to come, and of course he did go. But, but it took this instance in his life, it took this vision from God to convince him to not refer to the Gentiles as being unclean. But that's not the point that I want to make. I, I want you to know how Peter responded when the Lord told him to, to kill and eat. He said, not so, Lord. This is not the only time that Peter ever argued with the Lord. This is not the only time that Peter ever disregarded the authority when Jesus explained that he was going to Jerusalem and be killed, Peter's response was, Not so, Lord. And, and when Jesus rebuked Peter and told him that, that he was going to deny him, Peter's response was, Not so, Lord. I'll never do that, Lord. You, you just don't know. And there were many times in his life that Peter seemed to, to want to argue with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there finally came a time when he overcame that. But you remember the time that Jesus even wanted to wash his feet. 
And Peter was saying, in essence, not so, Lord. I just want you to wash my whole body, not just my feet. And there are things that God tells us and Jesus tells us today, and people's response is, not so, Lord. No, 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 Lord, that's not the really way I see it. That's not the way, that's not the way I think it ought to be, Lord. Not so, Lord. This is a great lesson that I think all of us need to learn, don't you? That when the Lord speaks, that settles it. How are we learning in this age of the world, that is in the Christian age, what we must do to be pleasing to God? Well, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 tells us, God who at sundry times in divers' manners spake unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. So God is speaking to us today through His Son, Jesus, and through the words of Christ, what is referred to as the gospel of Christ, the law of Christ. And we need to respect Jesus' authority. I want you to consider what Jesus said, for instance, in Mark 16, and verse 15. Go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. If you have ever wondered why we have this telecast called Getting to Know Your Bible, it's because we respect what Jesus said in that passage. That we understand that as, as followers of Christ that that we are to go into all of the world and preach the gospel to as many people as we possibly can. We have that responsibility. But look at the next passage. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned or damned. Now, we need to have as much respect for verse 16 as we have for verse 15. When Jesus said, go preach the gospel, we're to have respect for it, and we're to do everything that's within our means and within our power to preach the gospel to a world. And I am so thankful that God has blessed us with the the opportunity of preaching the gospel to, to literally millions of people throughout the world. But you see, if I respect the authority of Jesus, then I respect verse 16 just as much as I respect verse 15, where he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Well, I, I, someone may say, Well, preacher, it doesn't say, He that believeth not and is not baptized shall be condemned or damned. Well, it would have been redundant for Jesus to have said that because actually all you have to do to be lost is just be an unbeliever. It wasn't necessary for Jesus to say, and he is not baptized. You're condemned at the very point of your unbelief. In John 3, in verses 16 through 19, Jesus said, He that believeth not is condemned already. You're already condemned. Condemned at the very point of unbelief. But to be saved as a believer. 
we must be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You say, well, why? Because I respect the authority of Christ. Someone says that ought not to even be in the Bible. Well, there are a lot of Bible scholars that believe that it ought to be in the Bible. And there are hundreds of manuscripts uh, uh, that are ancient manuscripts that have it in the Bible. Friends, it's a part of the Bible. But let, let's not do like one man did in the Old Testament who didn't like what, what the Bible said, so he started tearing it up with his penknife and threw it in the fire. Jesus just simply said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And we, we need to have some respect for the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we are baptized, we are baptized into His death, Romans 6, 3. And He shed His blood in His death, thus we come in contact with His blood by faith. There's not any power in the water. The power's in the blood. Let's respect the authority of Jesus Christ. Consider the matter of the Lord's Supper. Paul wrote about the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11th chapter. The church at Corinth was abusing the Lord's Supper. They made a common meal out of the Lord's Supper. And Paul was writing to correct that. And as he wrote to them, he told them what Jesus said, that this ought to be done in remembrance of him. Back in Luke, the 22nd chapter in verse 19, when Jesus instituted what we refer to as the Lord's Supper. Jesus said, this do in remembrance of me. And early Christians did do it in remembrance of him. And we learn the frequency of that in Acts 20 and verse 7. It was upon the first day of the week that they observed the Lord's Supper. And they did every Lord's Day, first day of the week. Someone says, well, but I just can't see it that way. Well, friends, we need to respect again the authority of Jesus Christ. And we need to do it His way, not my way. You see, my way is not always best. But Jesus' way is always best for us. So we need to have a greater respect today for the authority of Christ. Well, I think I have time maybe to mention one other thing today, and and that is, we need to have a great respect for the authority of the Bible. There are a lot of books in this world, and there are books being printed right now as I'm speaking, new books. Uh, it just seems as though there's no end to all of the books that are printed. Many years ago, there was an expert in the realm of publication that said that the average book lives about a year on the public market. Some may not even last that long. And then he said if it's an extraordinarily good book, it may last for uh, 10 years. But if it's a rare book, it might live for 50 years. I, I'm thinking of one that's probably lasted that long. That's gone with the wind. Actually, it's lasted longer than that, maybe some 60-odd uh, years. But you know the Bible outlives them all. The Bible is just a, an extraordinarily, extraordinary book. And, and the reason it is is because, you see, this is God's book. The inspired of God. And I need to respect it. Well, one of the reasons that I need to have respect for it is because 
there's going to be a judgment, you see. There's not any question about that. It's appointed unto a man once to die, and after this, the judgment, Hebrews 9, 27. And there's a, in the words of a song that we often sing in, in worship, there's a great day coming. And that great day is the day of judgment. And my life will be judged by a divine standard. I'll be judged by the words of the Bible. John 12 and verse 48 says, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. That the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And somebody says, well, please explain what that means. That just simply means that when I stand before the Lord, that my life has to be in harmony with what He taught in His Word. I, I will have to have lived by the teachings of, of Christ. That's a re- one of the reasons we need to have a greater respect for the authority of the Bible. And even when a person becomes a Christian, they, they need to continue to have that respect. You might respect it enough to, to become a believer and to... To, to repent of your sins and to, to stand up before people and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you, you have enough respect for the, the authority of the Bible that you would be baptized. And you're to be commended for that respect. But then sometimes people do that and after a while, in the living of the Christian life, they, the life they begin to lose that respect. In Hebrews, the second chapter in verse 1, I believe that's what the writer is is talking about. Well, when he said we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest any time we should let them slip. It's so easy for us to forget about the authority of the Word of God. And when I respect the authority of the Bible, I'm not going to try to change it at all. I don't have the authority to change it. There's not a preacher that is alive today. There has never been a preacher that has ever lived. And there will never be a preacher that will live in the future that has a right to change one word of God's Word. That's something that was taught even in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter, in verse 2, God's people were taught, Add not unto His words, lest He reprove thee. And we can't add to it. In the close of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, chapter 22, John pronounced a curse upon those that would add to the Word of God, who would take away from the Word of God. And yet, isn't it a very common practice that people add to the Bible? You know, they, they want to slip in, well, this is the way I feel, this is the way I see it, this is my thinking. And isn't it the case that some people want to take out certain parts of it? They'll, they'll start reading a passage of Scripture, and I sometimes call it observing the Passover. They'll get to that passage, and, and they'll just pass on over it and go on to the next verse. So some preacher will be studying, for example, the second chapter of Acts, and he'll get down to verse 36 and verse 37, where the people called and out and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And and he'll just sort of pass over verse 38 and says they just needed to call on the name of the Lord and then he'll go right on preaching. And he leaves out verse 38, which says that they were told to repent and to be baptized for the remission of their sins. 
He knows it's there. But he doesn't really believe what it says or he doesn't know how to explain it without making it say what it says. That in order to have the remission of our sins, we must, as believers, repent of our sins and be baptized. And so he just passes right over it. We need to have more respect for the authority of the Word of God than that. We have no right. We have no right to change it. But there have always been people wanting to do that. For example, in Galatians, the first chapter, one of the things that Paul wrote about in that chapter was, was those who were perverting the gospel. That is, they were changing the intent of the gospel. They, they were altering it. But we do not have that authority today. Friends, if, if we could have unity today in the religious world, if we all had respect for the authority of the Bible, if we didn't try to add to it, if we didn't try to take away from it, if we took it like it is, if we studied the Bible with a clear view instead of studying the Bible with, with a biased view, it's a serious thing indeed when a person tries to change the Word of God and they don't respect it. For example, in Isaiah the 8th chapter and verse 20, the, Paul, there the, the Bible says to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this Word, it is because that there is no light in them. You see, a failure to respect the authority of the Bible can plunge one into moral and spiritual darkness. Let me give you a Bible example of a man who had no respect at all for the authority of the Word of God, and that was a man by the name of Jeroboam. And this was after the death of Solomon, who was a king for 40 years over God's people. And at his death there was a division in the kingdom, and there was Rehoboam on one side, Jeroboam on the other, and Jeroboam did not want the people going back to Jerusalem for fear that Rehoboam would win their allegiance. So what's Jeroboam going to do? Well, he just set up some idols at Bethel and Dan. That was the two extremities of the land. And he told the people, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. But First Kings chapter 12 and verse 30 says this was a sin. And it was a sin because he had rejected the authority of God. He had rejected God himself by rejecting what God said about the matter. And no longer were they worshiping God, they were worshiping these idols. Friends, may God help us all to, to respect God and to respect the authority of God, to respect the authority of Christ. If you really respect the authority of God and His Word today, I'd urge you to become a Christian. And may God bless you today, and may the Lord bless and keep you we meet again. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free 
Bible Correspondence Course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. This is a free call. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.